0: Hello and welcome to Music of the River City. This is your host, Chris Gooden. Today's episode features an interview with my favorite band in Vicksburg, the Goodens. The band features my dad David on bass, my son Joshua on drums, and our friend Cody on trumpet and vocals. I had the Goodens on the podcast back in season two, and you can go back and listen to that episode to get to know the guys. But on this episode, we're going to be talking about our new gospel album, Feast of Trumpets. We recorded a lot of this album during COVID, and it was a great outlet for us during that time. In this episode, we go in-depth into some of the songs and how we made them. You can find Feast of Trumpets on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or anywhere you buy digital music. You can also get the album at Vicksburg's very own record store, Mighty River Records. Dedicated listeners may recall that I'm in a little competition with Mighty River Records owner Dan Edney. Back in April, we had a top 50 album draft. We took turns picking albums that we love and that we think will sell. You can check out our selections at Mighty River Records upstairs at the Levy Street Marketplace in downtown Vicksburg. Whoever's picks sell the most wins, and right now it's all tied up 17-17. So head down to Mighty River Records and make your vote for your favorite album by picking one from the music of the River City Bend. And while you're there, get your copy of Feast of Trumpets by the Goodens. My interview with the band is up next. All right, I am here with the Three other members of the Goodens, my son Joshua Gooden, our friend Cody Salter, and my dad David Gooden, and we want to talk today about our album, Feast of Trumpets. So guys, thank you for joining me on the show. Thanks for Mm -hmm. having us. All right. I interviewed this group for the last episode of season two. If you haven't caught that, if you want to get to know each of these Guys, a little better, you can go back and listen to that episode. But today, I want to talk about an album that we put out recently that we call Feast of Trumpets. Um, and it's currently available on iTunes, Amazon Music, uh, anywhere you get your digital music. And it is also available at Mighty River Records. So if you are happen to be at Levy Street Marketplace shopping, you can go find it there. We came to record this album, I guess it kind of got started in February of, well, it got started in December of 2019 when mom and dad got me a gift card to Hummingbird Studios. And at that time, we had about five or six jazzy, you know, hymns, old time hymns that we would play um, when we played, you know, live that we wanted to try to get good recordings of. And we went to Hummingbird in February of 2020 and recorded those five songs. And I thought they turned out really good. We liked the sound of them a lot. And as it turned out, we, you know, for, for various reasons, we were not really able to do everything that we wanted with the audio from those. But we enjoyed the process so much that we decided that we wanted to go ahead and re-record those five songs along with a few more and release our own album. And so that's what we that's what we did. So the cool thing about this album is you, that it's those five songs that are that are hymns in the public domain uh, that we re-recorded. And then there's three songs on here that are originals, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then we picked up another couple of, I would say, kind of classic gospel songs that we arranged in our own way and added those. So it's a 10-song album. And the first song on the album is uh, Just a Closer Walk With Thee. I'm going to talk through these a little bit just to tell you about what the album sounds like so first song the album just a closer walk with thee so the highlight of this song to me is the piano solo that dad put on there and this is one that the dad and Joshua and I from the very first time we've ever played out in public this has been a staple of ours and it kind of has evolved over the years how we play it but the, the basic groove of it, the swinging groove that you hear, I really stole from Grant Green. I've talked about his album, Feeling the Spirit, on the podcast before. It's one of my favorites, but Herbie Hancock played on that album, and he, he set up that sort of swinging groove, and I really love that, and so years ago when we started doing this song, I borrowed that and played that on the guitar, and I've always done a guitar solo on the song, but for the album, I just really wanted to a piano solo, so I asked Ed, could you do something like this on the song? And it turned out really cool. It always puts a smile on my face. So what were you, Dad, what were you thinking about when you were putting that together? What were you trying,
1: what were you going for? Well, I I grew up with songs like that. And uh, I really was thinking back as, as I was working on that, uh, going to what we used to refer to as singings. Mm-hmm. You'd go to a singing or a revival service and often there'd be a gospel quartet there. And all of those folks uh, had a certain style. They, there was a similarity between all of them. And it's kind of a bouncy, jazzy, uh, almost cheerful sound to go along with any of the old gospel tunes. And I guess I was kind of uh, trying to to emulate that a little bit to kind of harken back, so to speak, to that kind of
0: thing. Well, that's uh, definitely the way it sounds is a combination of jazzy, yeah, gospel yeah. It's really good. So the next song on the album, is one of our originals, mostly. It's called Valentine's Song. And this is one that I started writing back in January. And I wanted to write a song that was specifically addressed some thoughts I was having thinking about upcoming Valentine's Day. And I started writing about all of the ways that the Bible talks about uh, how Jesus loves us. And I wrote a couple of verses, and I started trying to come up with a chorus. And as I was thinking about it, I just sort of realized that the song Jesus Loves Me was the perfect chorus for the verses that I'd already written. So what we ended up with was kind of a a mashup of, of Jesus Loves Me set to some new music along with those original verses that I had written and this is when we were still kind of emailing files back and forth when we worked on this so a lot of this i I go back and say a lot of this album we really recorded during covid things and we did a lot of it just by emailing files back and forth so i did the basic track and i emailed it to cody and as you'll hear i think the highlight of the song is definitely the bridge and the big note kind of something cody worked out cody can you talk about what was going through your mind as you were uh, working on the vocals for that bridge and and how you arrived at that that big note that you sing
2: yeah that's a tough i don't know it's just like a i don't know it's just like a natural thing that kind of comes out sometimes uh for me like my family was not all into music like your family you know like it's a i don't know it was something that was unique about me i guess and I, I don't know they just I love like black gospel music and the kind of this is ridiculous and you can make fun of me if you want but <laughs> kind of like those 90s and early 2000s kind of like deep I mean like the Whitney's and like uh-huh. they just are very great at like kind of adding in some of that ad lib and it's yeah. really kind of like some black gospel influence in a way um, but I don't know if I just hear a song and I hear that's what I hear yeah. that's mm-hmm. my take on it you yeah. know so and that's just kind of how that happened um, yeah, that's
0: it. Okay. It's a, to me, that's one of the, the highlights on the whole album is that bridge up to that big note. And it's a, it turned out to be a great, really make the whole song. And that was really cool.
2: Can I say something about this piano solo? Absolutely. Previous, I wanted to say this and I didn't get to. Uh-huh. I, it's one of my favorite things too, because oh. it it's not just like one genre to yeah. me. Like you mixed in so many different like themes from other different places. Like, oh, this sounds very like church. But <laughs> then it doesn't at the same... Well, I don't know, it was really interesting what you well, did. yeah thank you. Yeah. I liked it. It's, it's, a, it's it definitely... A,
0: it's, what is it, like maybe 25 seconds? But yeah, it's, a, it's right. a good... It yeah, takes you a lot of places it it in 25 does. seconds. It really does. Yeah. It's really
2: neat. Why but that's fun. such <laughs> the like... That's like the kind of like synthesis of what we are. Mm-hmm. You know, that's true. like It really embodies what we do in a way. We just kind of do any genre, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Our sound, I see it as kind of a mix of country, hymns, but with a strong jazz influence and a strong gospel influence and maybe a little dash of blues in there, too. And that piano solo kind of had a little bit of all of that. Mm. So, okay, Joshua. so I'm just working my way around here because the third song on the album was both written and sung by Joshua. It's called He is Guiding You. So Joshua, tell me the story of how you wrote this song.
3: Uh, I read a book called Then Sings My Soul, which has a bunch of hymns and then the stories behind them. And at the end it said, go and write your own hymns, so I just sort of wrote it down. And then it said, He is Guiding You, so I just named it that. He Guiding He is you in all your ways no, you don't understand Just trust in him with
0: all your So the song is about how you know we can trust God and that he's guiding us and uh, so I'll tell my what I remember about this is that Joshua brought me these two these pages of lyrics and said, you know, can we turn this into a song? And we did. And so we said, it had, he had the lyrics, but not the music. And he said, I want you to just make it sound really like old timey. So we worked through some ideas to make it sound old timey, which I think it kind of does sound old. You know, it sounds like a yes. hymn that's been around for a long time, even though it's new. And we, we did some of those things. And then we, it's a pretty simple song musically. I think you played the piano on that one, didn't you, Cody? I'm pretty yes. sure. Cody played the piano, yeah. and, and there's a very simple guitar part, and otherwise it's just Joshua singing and a few background vocals. But it's also, I don't want to say everything is a highlight, but to me it's one of the highlights, not only because it's a good song, because I'm proud of my son, yeah.
2: too. <laughs> How much influence did you have over the lyric on that? Did you touch the lyrics at all? I
0: didn't change his verses at all, but he course, I wrote yeah. the chorus to the song. So the, the, the he didn't have a chorus, so... I was but of course if you listen to the words of the course i really didn't actually write anything because the the joshua songs think about his love for you and the guidance of his hand so then i thought okay he is guiding you and you just sing that twice and then the whole rest of the course is basically proverbs three five and six almost just verbatim so i didn't come up with anything new i just came up with some music to some words that fit the song um, but but and then then that was that was
2: pretty much it. So it's my little father son collab. Yes, definitely. Oh. Very cool.
0: And then the fourth song on the album is "Sweet Hour of Prayer," and that was one of those one of those uh, five original ones that is ones that we have been doing for a long time. We do a real jazzy arrangement of it, and and it swings pretty good. I and I'm I'm pretty happy with the way it turned out on the album. And then the fifth one is one of our other. Uh, originals. It's called Feast of Trumpets, which is the title track of the album. This is another one that I wrote that I specifically, uh, several years ago, our church did, I guess this maybe it was 2019 that they passed out the Read the Bible in a Year worksheets. And I was doing that. And so I I, I read some parts of the Bible that I don't read often, you know, <laughs> doing, going all the way through everything. And one of them was in like Deuteronomy. It talks about God basically tells the Israelites that one of the feasts that they're supposed to celebrate is the Feast of Trumpets. And the Bible doesn't say hardly anything about the Feast of Trumpets, really, except he says, blow trumpets and praise the Lord and have a feast. And I was like, blow trumpets and praise the Lord? That's kind of like what we do. So I, mean, I was also specifically thinking about Cody. And then at the time at First Baptist, we had uh, Tabitha Newton was playing the trumpet. And I was thinking, man, we have a good trumpet section. And, you know, it just kind of fits. So I started writing this song about the Feast of Trumpets.
2: Feast of I,
0: I think it turned out pretty good. Cody sang it. Cody played all the trumpet parts on there <laughs> because there's... I Multiple. Don't
2: even remember now. It's been so long. Yeah,
0: you came over and play, you played all, that was one that we recorded mostly in person. My played God. all the trumpet parts, so there's a bunch of trumpet parts. And uh, it's a pretty peppy little song. And I'd I be willing to bet it's the only song out there about the Feast of Trumpets. So. I, I love that song.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it does have a kind of a, Joshua mentioned a minute ago about wanting to sound traditional. It has a very traditional sound to me with a, with a three part trumpet part mm-hmm. in there and the lyrics. It's, it really, in a way, sounds like something that you would have maybe would have been written a, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you...
0: Yeah, that's kind uh, of what I was going for on that yeah, one, too. I like that. Was to make Very it
1: hymn-sounding.
0: I mean, uh,
3: that's all of our songs, really.
0: Yeah, that's true. Then the next one is, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. This is one that really started as a piano arrangement. So Dad sent me this file. Tell me about what you were doing on that one.
1: I had started playing a little more, and I I started out thinking about Cody and Joshua and singing a duet is what I thought, and I was thinking of some gospel song, some hymn. I really wanted there to be some sort of guitar part in there. I think I talked to you about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I, I wanted to have... I've always liked hymns, mm-hmm. but done in a slightly... Updated way, maybe, because mm-hmm. yeah, I love I love the words to hymns because they have just such such solid theology to them, and so I've always liked that song. So mm-hmm. I just started playing around with it, thinking about you know you two possibly singing on it and then a guitar part in there somewhere. played it I, I would hear their voices and I would hear now I did not envision a guitar part to be what you did okay <laughs> I, had a, I had a kind of a different thought about it yeah but when you put it in there I thought that's exactly what to me <laughs> sounded right and then yeah. of course the, the, the singing Joshua I think does the lead on that yeah. you do a, a, an alto part maybe with it uh, so it worked and it, it made me very happy uh, it, it sounds like a hymn but it's got a little updated sound
0: so oh. It turned out real pretty the piano arrangement is very good and Joshua this is one of the two that he sings lead on and I think it sounds really really nice it's a very soothing uh, beautiful song and then that's the that's the sixth track the seventh one is working on a building and this is one of the it's not original but it was the new one that we kind of worked up for this album in a way but this was actually the first song that chronologically the first recording that we did because I did most of the rhythm track for this one in probably November of 2020. I did, Joshua and I did the rhythm guitar and the drums and the vocal and then I sent it to dad and said put a bass part on it and the bass part that was another one that we were sending files at that time I think actually that you worked on that while you were in quarantine right I did. I did. yeah so right, right around Christmas we had a we had to quarantine and so that but the bass part turned out really bumping and uh, really pushes makes the song get up the and go good. it's a true file Of, several people that have listened to the album have said this is their favorite song on the album and it's really got a lot of pep on
1: them. so I've got a buddy that lives in Florida that told me that's his favorite
0: song on the well, album. yeah so it's, it's definitely worth listening to and then in the cross is another one that has has been in the the Gooden repertoire as for as long as we've been playing music together it's just a jazz arrangement on it that that we've always done and this is one that got kicked up a notch when Cody joined us in, in the <laughs> the uh, harmony that he does on the on the chorus really takes the song to the next level I think but then what to me one of the my favorite and maybe the most like soothing and beautiful song on the album is the next last one what a friend we have in Jesus we had always done this one as this kind of a jazzy kind of two feel as well and we got this chronologically this was the last song we recorded the whole album was done nine songs nine out of the ten were done and we had about of the nine songs that we had done we had about five of them that had that jazz swing feel and so even though we had always done it that way i was thinking maybe we should do something a little different and so cody had the idea what was the it was a it
2: was a carrie underwood
0: carrie song, underwood song. Mm-hmm. which
2: song was it I don't even remember. It actually may have been her arrangement of victory in Jesus or something, where they just completely did something different. Right.
0: But there was it was a specific guitar part that, that you said, I like this guitar mm-hmm. part. So we listened to that one, and I fiddled around with some stuff, and I didn't get it quite exactly like that, but it was... It had the feel. It had the feel, that sort of maybe off-kilter, rhythmically just a little bit. Yeah. And... Once we figured out the key and how we wanted to play it, it was I played the guitar part through in one take and then Cody sang it in one take. And it was it was know that. Yes.
2: I don't remember it being just one. It was.
0: Look, it, because what happened was we did it, we were doing it the kids kicked us out of the upstairs for some reason. I think they wanted to play Minecraft. And uh, cuz we'd been working on it up there. Yeah. yeah. And we came down. And we were still trying to figure out how we wanted to do it. We figured out. We finally figured out how we wanted to do it, what key we wanted to do it in, and I played it. And then, yeah, you sang it, mm-hmm. and it was. You, you sang it one time, and the reason I know it was only one take was because, and you're gonna hate me for saying this because you're always gonna <laughs> hear this now. Oh, no. You you. It was so beautiful what you sang.
2: How would I do it then?
0: And the uh, we had. I had the microphone the condenser mic set on the music stand which is not the way to do it and as you were singing on one time you hit it you hit the music stand uh, and if you i'm not even saying but you can not
2: tell me when i don't want to
0: know <laughs> there's a little bump in the song i shouldn't tell people this
2: <laughs>
3: but it was not. so good when i went
0: back <laughs> and listened to it i said we're not going to do it again because this is too good and nobody's ever going to know of I course now now yeah, they're going to the know dog. i never uh, what i really can't remember it's towards <laughs> the end but it's, it, to me it's one of the, but the the best part is the little ad lib that you do on the outro to
2: take and shield thee, thou wilt find the solace there
1: That's just, oh, so beautiful. Mom and I, when we first heard, heard that, we listened to it three times in a row. We were actually <laughs> going downtown to buy something, and we, we just kept running it back to hear it again. She mm-hmm. said, I want, hear, I want to hear that again. And the second time, she said, oh, I like the, the outro part. Mm-hmm. She said, I love that. So we ran it back and listened again. So mm-hmm. we listened to it three times in a row. Oh, and enjoyed that. It
0: turned out really good. Yeah. And then the last one on the album is, is a song called Wayfair and Stranger. And this is one that I think is think it's like a very good kind of like the piano solo earlier it's a song that I think is a really good encapsulation of what of who we are musically because it's a it's a gospel song that we turned into a more like a jazz song but then I put a blues guitar solo on the end and Cody put a harmony part in there and a trumpet mm-hmm. solo yeah. in there and it's just got all the little pieces I think that really make us sound like what we are Cody, the harmony part, you want to talk about that that you did on there?
2: uh, No, because I can't even, like, (laughs) sitting here trying to remember what it even was. We do so much music that it's hard for my brain to, like, keep up with what all we've done. Yeah, it seems
3: Uh, like so long ago that we recorded it. It really
2: does. It seems forever. Like, now I can understand in interviews when... You know, an interviewer is asking, like, asking an actor, like, Mm -hmm. tell me about this movie. And it was a year ago. Like, oh my gosh, I get it now. Yeah. No wonder they can't remember anything they did because it was just so long ago. Uh,
0: Well, here's what I remember about that is that this is one that
2: I. Um, It's coming back.
0: I came over to your house. It's coming back. On my lunch break one day because I was just trying to get the. I think the last couple parts that I needed was you singing harmony and you playing the trumpet thing. Mm -hmm. And the two things I remember is you. You were frustrated the whole time because you hadn't shaved and you were having a hard time playing the playing trumpet. The horn. <laughs> Which, for those of you that don't know it's you know you when you're if you have anything between your lips and the mouthpiece including facial hair if you're not used to it. Right, if you're not used to it, it can be a little weird. Hang it up. Yeah. <laughs> and then the harmony on there because the if you listen to the song we there's there's some interesting chords in the song. Right. That made it hard for for Cody to pick, out pick notes. notes, but I li- really like what he settled on. To see my
1: and all my loved ones
0: on. But the we definitely made the harmony very uh, interesting on that song. So it's yeah, coming
2: back to me. I remember today, <laughs> and yeah, it's coming back now.
0: Yeah. So, and that's the album. So, I really hope that uh, you will look it up if you if you're uh, interested in hearing more of these songs. Like I said, anywhere you get your digital music, or at Levy Street Marketplace. And we're already talking about what we're gonna do for the next one. So, you know, stay tuned. We'll have another one coming uh, some point down the road.
2: I have a question. Yes. What'd you learn through the like over the course of putting this together?
0: Man, I learned a lot. I learned a lot.
3: Same here.
2: <laughs> like what? What's an example of something? I can think for once of things that I learned. Okay. This process.
0: So one thing is, is that we decided to do this, to go ahead and do this. You know, record an album. We're going to record an album, and in the way it ended up, is we did end up having to do a lot of email and files back and forth. And I think one thing is, I. While it was just we did it that way out of necessity, I don't know that I'd ever want to do it that way again. Mm -hmm. To me, the times that we were able to get together and do things were just worked a lot better. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it's hard to learn a lot about the mixing and editing software to actually make the the music, you know, get it into a digital format. And I still feel like I have a lot to learn on that, uh, especially the mastering side. Um, but that was a that was much more work than actually playing the music i mean the in terms of the amount of time that i spent on it i probably spent for every minute of music that we played i probably spent three minutes Mm -hmm. at mixing editing and mastering Mm -hmm. so it it um that part and and just to be honest with you i did not find that part particularly fun i mean it was it was kind of neat you know but, tedious, it, it? but it is a little tedious and 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 it's especially if, if like me you don't you're trying to just figure it out as you're going but I think the other thing I learned is that overall it was really fun and I really liked it it was yeah, it's I agree. it definitely scratched an itch that just playing live music doesn't do it allowed us I feel like it allowed us to be creative in some ways that we had it before in particular We put horns on a lot of the songs, which I really enjoyed arranging the horns and being able to layer in, you know, when it's just the four of us playing, we can have at most four things going. But on some of the songs, so like just a closer walk, we have three trumpets, uh, a baritone, an organ, a piano, a bass, a rhythm guitar, a vocal, you know. And so it, we can just Get a fuller a different sound. Yeah, we can make a, a different sound and really realize some of the creative things that we are not able to do in our live music, which is mm. I enjoyed a lot.
2: What about you? No, I was just thinking about just like vocally the things that I learned. Okay. You know, I mean, it's just what your ears hear, mm-hmm. but then what the microphone picks up are just mm. so two totally different things vocally. Yes and i don't yeah like you're talking about what a friend and also what was the song that yeah you mentioned what is it the one that he sang i'm trying to remember just so sweet to trust in you. right like i remember us talking about that song and then me kind of shaking my boots about singing it Mm -hmm. because it's so hard Mm -hmm. to like because i know now when you're recording something for an album like you have to be like so like crisp and clear and your pitch and the your good part about doing it on an
3: album is you can do it over and over again and you know you don't have that many audience members.
2: That's true, but it's it's hard. It's very, very difficult. Why mm. don't it's a I don't different know. kind of pressure. It's a different kind of singing too yeah. to yeah. me. I don't it's just very yeah. different. Very very different. That I get in my head about it. <laughs> so that just I don't yeah. know. That process was very interesting from a vocal perspective. Trumpet, I don't know, but vocally I was like, oh, mm. this is yeah. hard. Like, how are you saying everything? You know, like, what are your consonants? What's your vowel? Like, Just mm-hmm. so many things that I'm thinking about as a singer. I don't know. Yeah. That's hard. It's not an easy thing.
0: I, I know exactly what you mean. And I found not being a, you know, I don't really consider myself a quote-unquote singer. But like what Joshua just said about how you can have as many cracks as you want. On the mm-hmm. ones that I sang, I found that I got worse every time I sang it. Right. Because I would get in my head. Right. Right. And it would it just, would just get water. progressively worse mm-hmm. every yeah. time, and so almost all the ones of the ones that I sang are just the first try that I did it. It may not be perfect, but it was the best one right. <laughs> because I couldn't. I just couldn't make it any better.
2: Yeah. Um, I have a lot more respect for producers that like do that for a living and that are coaching people through that process. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how do you get them to turn out an even better take each time? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then as a singer or an instrumentalist or anyone in that process, like, how do you? not let like your kind of internal thoughts get the best of you Mm -hmm. in that process. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think another thing is the some of the songs like we started and I knew exactly how I wanted it to sound and we just did that. And there was other ones where it kind of the the recording process Mm -hmm. unlocked the song and like the valentine song is an example of that because i had something real specific in mind for that bridge and you were like let's try this and you sent me this file and i was like oh okay that's pretty cool Mm. and we went i remember we went back and forth a few times and by the end of it it would the bridge was something different but it was much better than what i had originally thought so the the ability to iterate is crucial Mm
2: -hmm. that process taught me a lot too just Mm -hmm. like 'Cause I had never been afforded the opportunity to like help realize someone's like musical vision in that mm-hmm. way. Like a person that was alive. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you spend your entire life as like an instrumentalist yeah. playing people yeah. from you know, pieces from dead people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> mean, so but to have the person like right there that had written it and have the melody in their head, like, No, you're doing that wrong. It's this way. Like that's cool, but like it's yeah. neat. Yeah. So sorry. What'd you learn? Well,
1: you know, you, you mentioned that, I guess, a, a type of synergy that goes, mm-hmm. that you, you feed, uh, you know, it all, and I've noticed that often when we play, even, uh, mm-hmm. there's one of the songs that I think may be on our next album. Uh, we we were over at your house, Chris. We so were, weird to say. We were all sitting there, y'all may remember it. It's one of the last times we played at your house, and mm-hmm. we were sitting there playing, and you threw out, well, let's try this one. And we started singing that song, uh, and I don't know what about it. It it just sounded so good. And you you mentioned today you may we may put it on this next one. Yeah, you
0: talking about Come That Fountain? Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: And yeah. and I thought while I was playing that, and I was listening to you sing, and I was listening to Joshua over there, and I was listening to you playing those, and I kept thinking, I know what to do now, because I I was hearing what you guys were doing, and it mm-hmm. was teaching me what to do on the bass. And I thought you that that comes from you know, learning from each other. So I learned a lot from you guys listening to what you do, having to do you know, do something to work with what you did. So I guess a lot of my learning experience on this was just listening. Listening to what you guys do and try to try to fit in with that.
2: What'd you learn, Josh?
3: Honestly I, I benefited most from the discipline part of it.
0: What about playing along to actually playing along to a long tour recording because there was a few times where most of them we did the drums and rhythm guitar first, but there was a few times where it was basically done and I said, all right, Joshua, and there would be like a click track and I said, all right, Joshua, now do the drums.
3: I didn't like that as much as just playing like all of us at the same time. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. It's very difficult, not Because then
3: you don't know, you right. know, and you can't read the body language of like, you know, the...
2: Mm-hmm
3: stop or. right we're about to slow or down yeah. on her yeah <laughs> like yeah. the way you raise your guitar when we're about to end it
0: you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep yep I, I i don't remember which one it was but there was one that that we did like that that we had a that we slowed down at the end that we we took took us a while to get the drums right at the end of that one but it turned out good
1: mm-hmm. i'm excited about the future
0: yeah yeah
1: well, along those lines,
0: if you uh, if you like the good ones, if you like the music that you've heard today, uh, look us up on Facebook, look us up on YouTube. Instagram, YouTube. And we, we put some some video clips and things like that out from places we played or maybe things that we're working on, so, so check us out there.
2: And I have uh, another random question. Yeah, go for it. So one of my favorite podcasters, she makes every one of her interviewees put together a playlist. Because mm. she's on exclusively on Spotify right now. Right, right, okay. So she's trying to like you know appease them, I guess. So every guest puts together a five-song playlist, and the question she asks is like, what does this playlist say about you? Mm. What does this album say about us? Mm. This could be a completely stupid question, but why not ask it? It's a little cheesy. Give you some material, right? <laughs> 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 that you can edit out.
3: Uh, Who first? We're a lot of different sounds. You know?
2: as you were talking about the different styles of the album, like that the album represents, mm-hmm. it's so interesting to me because like, when I think about myself, mm-hmm. I would never like put me next to any of those, like not a single one of them.
0: What'd I say? Country, jazz, gospel, a little bit of a little blues. Yeah, none None of, of that. <laughs> yeah.
2: None of like I would yeah. never associate me as uh-huh. a musician with any of those sounds. But that's always been like the the fun and the challenge of this group for me is because it's like pushing me into genres that I would have never well, naturally. What selected. is your What
0: do you feel like is your natural? I have no idea. And That's none of
2: those. <laughs> I just know. You just that. know what it's <laughs> not. <laughs> just none of those. But it's
1: it has become that in a
2: way because you, you sound you like to, it's just what yeah, you you definitely I fit. Done, yeah. I don't. To me personally, I don't. I struggle all the time. So I'd say yeah.
3: we just take old hymns and. St- add a swing to
0: them. Hey, try to make it sound complicated, Joshua. Make it sound like we're really doing something. Yeah. People gotta, are listening It's got to sound complex. we got to sound, sound like we're simpler. really are just rocket science.
1: They might just think we're four simple-minded guys just having fun or something. <laughs> might, you know, any deep thoughts or anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll tell you something that's important about what we all do to me as the oldest member mm-hmm. of the group. By far. It means a lot to me, uh, seriously, that so much of our music is uh, Christian-oriented mm-hmm. gospel music that it, while some of it is very traditional-sounding, the song, the new song that Joshua and his dad did sounds very traditional, and mm-hmm. it, the Valentine song and the vocal on the Valentine song is very modern and fresh. But th- those songs and what we do, so much of what we do, is Christian and designed to reach out to people and affect their life. And that means a lot to me, and I'm, I'm proud I mean, of that thankful for thing. that. Uh, and I love doing all the other stuff. Well. I love jazz and rock and pop.
2: See, I'm glad you just said that, because of harkening back to what you said about like the, the way in which this was constructed, mm-hmm. mostly, like, kind of everyone was isolated. Like, mm-hmm. for me personally, as, you know, a person that's new to the area and that lives alone, mm-hmm. you know, this was kind of like a an escape from the chaos of the world mm-hmm. uh, like during that time mm-hmm. you know and then for me i guess like the most important part of it is the community like you know the friendships that it brought yes. cuz i'll oh, stop you're killing me <laughs> but you know what i'm saying I like, do, that's yeah. a big a big okay. deal a big big deal so, i
0: agree yeah. well i think that to me it says musically it says what when i asked Dad about the piano solo and he talked about you know, going to the singings, Mm -hmm. I think that thread is, runs through Mm -hmm. everything that we still do musically because we don't just do one. I don't feel like it's just one genre that we do. And like Dad said, some of it sounds old, some of it sounds modern, but I feel like we do have a sound that's sort of consistent in everything that we do. Mm -hmm. But then I also agree with what you said, Dad, about just the message of our music and the purpose of our music to me makes it meaningful. You know, it's a hobby, but it's a hobby that With a purpose. carries some weight. Yeah, and has yes. a purpose to it. Yes. So, and uh, I know that I enjoy listening to this album. You know, so to me, that's the, and Cody's lie, I don't think Cody's ever enjoyed listening to something that he did himself. <laughs> but, uh, and, and you know, it's funny because Katie asked me one time, I was listening to it and she was like, do you enjoy listening to yourself sing? And I don't really enjoy listening to myself sing, but I do enjoy the way that we play these songs. Mm. Cody's gonna sing more on the next one, and I'm gonna sing less, and Joshua's right. gonna sing more and I'm gonna sing less. But I think the sound that we have as a as a band or as a group, I really like the sound and the way we approach these songs, and I I just do enjoy listening to them, certain ones especially, like Valentine's Song and Joshua's song, He's Got In You and just so sweet all of those uh uh, what a friend we have in jesus um i really enjoy listening to that so it would be hard to get done with this and not really like listening to what we had made so (laughs) that's good all right well this has been fun and uh enjoyed talking about these songs but uh, we'll we'll be working on the next one maybe we'll do this again sometime can't wait Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Music of the River City. I had a lot of fun hanging out with Cody, Dad, and Joshua, and looking back on the work we did on our album, Feast of Trumpets. Make sure you check it out anywhere you buy digital music or get your copy at Mighty River Records. If you have questions, comments, or know someone who would like to be featured on the podcast, please contact me at musicoftherivercity at yahoo.com. Follow Music of the River City on Facebook to get updates when new episodes come out. And it really helps the show if you subscribe to Music of the River City on Amazon, Audible, Apple, Spotify, or CastBox. Thanks for listening to Music of the River City.